All right, round eight in the bag, and we're headed into the Mongrel Podcast, episode 17. Before we begin, I owe you an apology for last week, Mrs. Mongrel. You owe um, me lots of apologies. I owe you one in particular this week. I forgot to mention that you made some wonderful cupcakes last week. You even put it in the description of the podcast just to rub it in that I forgot. I don't hold that against you. How could you forget these things? Well, I ate them well before the podcast, <laughs> so it kind of slipped my mind. And our daughter ate plenty too. I was a bit narky about her chowing down <laughs> so readily. This week, you did it again. Lemon cupcakes. Although, I didn't do as much this time because you helped. Yeah, helped. In inverted commas. I'm, I'm spectacular at helping with food. I licked a knife, <laughs> ran my finger around the inside of the bowl a few times, and then I just wandered off into the distance, came back when the, when the cupcakes were ready. You opened the oven door. I did, actually. Mm. Yeah, I, well, it saved our daughter doing it and burning herself. Yeah. So it was, you know, practical. Uh, before we start, too, I want to give a shout-out to a guy who's on our Facebook named Ben Jamin. I'm guessing that's a bit of a fake name, like Ben Dover would be. Um <laughs> We've obviously been having some server issues there. Uh, we were recently we recently had a server upgrade, believe it or not, and uh, the upgrade involved things not working anymore. So, <laughs> thanks guys for that wonderful upgrade. Anyway, Ben jumped on and offered to give us a hand this week and uh, pointed out a couple of things that could have been going wrong. You know, donated his time, and we really appreciate that. So, Ben, if that is your real name, thank you very much. And finally. The benefits of membership. Mrs. Mungrel, would you like to enlighten us on the benefits of membership at the Mungrel Punt? You get to be a member. This is true. Yep. Other than that? Yep. Well, let me enlighten you once again. <laughs> we have our weekly defensive wingman and overall player rankings. Every week you get early access to our good, bad, ugly reviews that go up in the evenings usually. I figure it's a bit of a waste if they're going up at like 3 o'clock, putting a lock on them for a while, so they're open to everyone. But the ones in the evening, and there's going to be plenty of evenings coming up, uh, you get early access to them. You get members-only columns as well, 40 to 80 cents a day. I reckon it's great value, and you're helping out the mongrel punt, helping us to grow, you know, helping out with a lot of stuff, really. I kind of think that we're trying to provide an alternative in the football media landscape, and if you want things to change you kind of got to support change a little bit it's a pretty good saying i might write that down <laughs> i already did it's in my notes <laughs> so i'm going to hand over like oh no you're going to scroll that all over the house aren't yeah you? like uh too much what is the one from homer simpson does it he uh writes too much work and no play make homer something something <laughs> go crazy don't mind if i do oh my god all right so we're off the bat we're going to go and uh, pass it over to Mrs. Mungle. Here's a couple of things to get off her chest. No <laughs> naughty comments there, anybody. But uh, she's had a bit of a bugbear for the last couple of weeks. She doesn't watch the games in full. But when she does watch, she tends to make uh, comments on certain aspects of players and how they're traveling. And one of the things that's really got on your, or got your goat recently is... What are they doing with their hair? What is this mullet with this shaved sides that they're doing? It's disgusting. I don't understand what's happening. Is this a joke? Is this a charity thing that's happening? You're asking me because I used to have a mullet, as you know. I know. Yes, it I was know. a spectacular effort. And this was like late 1980s, early 1990s. I may have held on to it for a bit too long in the 90s. I've seen a lot of photos of you in your younger days and you have... 
gotten better with age. Yeah, that everyone line up outside. <laughs> yep. Orderly line, ladies. Banging the door down. Maintain social distancing. <laughs> or not. So you've got a few players in your crosshairs here. Yeah. Darcy Byrne Jones. Oh, he's all business in the front and party in the back, isn't he? He could have the most gorgeous hair. He's he's got some luscious uh, he, curls. Yeah, he could be such a good-looking fella. See and that? Then, could be, but no, he's just ruining it. Yeah, he's ruining it. So his face is uh, passable. Are you saying? Or? Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. He's just done something bad. I mean, it's. I feel like he got a haircut and then went. Nah, that'll do. Yeah, halfway through. Now. I can only afford a third of it. <laughs> He goes to an expensive barber. The next one is Dan Butler. And I always get really confused by Dan Butler because he looks like... Like a butler? Well, no. he No, that's Robbie Gray. He looks like the guy who plays the Beast in the live-action Beauty and the Beast. Dan Stevens. Because we've all (gasps) seen that, right? And they're both called Dan and they look alike. And so every time I assume he's going to look kind of clean-cut and nice, like Dan Stevens, and he looks like a just a bit of a mess really he's playing good football is he yeah he's playing really good football he was at richmond last year couldn't get a game has come over to st kilda and he's probably in the all australian team at the moment or at least in contention for it maybe he's more aerodynamic with his hair with his shaved sides maybe it just gets in like he reminds me of like a skunk oh like peppy le pew hopefully he doesn't stink but (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know the bloke he could yeah. Says the guy who didn't shower for two days because he was watching the football. <laughs> I had to tell you, go shower. You did? I did. Oh, I wasn't listening yet again. <laughs> Bailey Smith. I mean, I know women are supposed to love him. Young women, because he's a baby. Girls. And yeah, I looked at I looked at his photo and he's such a good looking young man. Well, the hair can be changed. If he, if he was like a real uggo in the face... There's not much you can do about that. The you hair. can develop your charm and your charisma. Well, that's what I'm hanging on to. <laughs> because at, at the moment... Good I've, thing uh, I find you good looking. Yeah, well, there's no <laughs> accounting for taste. And then lastly, Jasper Pittard. Oh, Jasper's tragic. I don't know what's happening here. He's the oldest of them. Darcy Bird jones is 24. Dan Butler's 24. Both of those are too old now and needs to sort of sort themselves out. Bailey Smith's only a baby. He's 19. Jasper Pittard, 29. 29, Jasper Pittard. Yeah. Wow, he seems still seems like a really young bloke like to bubba. me. Now, I need to point out here that you cut your own hair. I so do. there's often just little tufts sticking out. and It's not an intentional <laughs> look. And I, whenever I actually brush my hair, which is probably twice a year, people always say, oh, your hair looks so nice. Did you get it cut? And I'm like, no, I brushed it like yeah. a feral. So. It's like when you say, hey, you smell nice. And I go, yes, I showered. <laughs> I do. These blokes, I know exactly the ones you're talking about, and I can picture their hairstyles. A few years ago, Dustin Martin was the one. People were looking at his hair going, what is he thinking about? And he's got this kind of racing strip down the middle. Oh, I think it looks a lot like a landing strip. Go ahead. Just saying. Well, I hope that doesn't allude to his personality at all. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a little bit untoward. But they're, looking, they're making Dustin Martin look like a conservative politician at the moment. There's a chance that Dustin Martin could run for local office and people would say, oh, he looks like a fine, upstanding young gentleman. I totally get in. Look at his hair. It's fine compared to these AFL guys. So 
those guys really got to. I wonder whether the AFL will go the way of the NBA and just go, all right, fellas, get yourselves together. We've got a dress code. Dress code. I don't think it applies to hair. Clean yourself up. Does it? The NBA, they, they can have can whatever rubbish hairstyle. the riots that would happen yeah. if in Australia the AFL said no more ridiculous facial hair or stupid haircuts? Oh, look, there'd be riots in Brunswick. I'd have nothing to watch anymore. I'd yeah. just wander away. Fitzroy would be up in arms. Oh no, the Northcote set's coming after <laughs> us. Yarraville, look out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're just getting a bit old. Are we that out of touch these days? No, it's the AFL that's the problem. Anyway. I'm like an 80-year-old grandma <laughs> calling all of these boys. Oh, be such a good-looking young man. Now, while we've got you actually <laughs> and engaged... And baking scones on the way. Oh, yeah, that'd be all right. I'd be lining up for the scones. <laughs> while we've got you engaged, we saw a goal on the weekend by a bloke named Tim Membry, who jumped up into midair because he wouldn't just like jump onto the ground, and threw his foot at the ball, and it looked as though the Port Adelaide guy had punched the ball through for a goal. Anyway, they went back and reviewed it. Turns out he's done this amazing kung fu kick, and it was the goal that basically put the game out of reach and gave St Kilda the win. This was something that you paid attention to. It was beautiful. Just at the right moment, happened to be watching. Majestic. It was so good. I want to ask, like this, that, that was a, a fantastic goal. I wonder if it lost a bit of its luster because initially it was called a point. And only once they went back and reviewed it, they realised it came off his boot. Oh, wow, that's a fantastic goal. So you didn't get that kind of initial pumped-up reaction from the players celebrating how good the goal was. It makes it even better because it was so stupid. Who would believe it would happen? Who well, does that? The goal umpire didn't goes, believe it. I'm going to kung fu kick this right, <laughs> right overhead. He's more flexible than anyone I know. How did he do My that? My groin would have torn in half. <laughs> They would have been scraping it up with a spatula <laughs> off the ground. And that would have been just me running to get the ball, by the oh. way. Anyway, I want to touch on something that that we've had happen over the last 24, 48 hours. We had a column written back in January 2019 by young Mr. Tom Basso, who writes for us occasionally now. He was writing two a week back then, so really using us to you know, expand his repertoire a little bit, which was fine. More than happy to have him. He's done a great job for us. And he wrote a column around some VFL, early AFL premierships that were tainted because there was some salary cap manipulation going on. We'll call it manipulation. Anyway, he wrote that. It came and went. I think a few people posted it here and there, but, you know, we're not mainstream media. We didn't get a hell of a lot of attention for that. Anyway, someone in the mainstream has picked it up over the past... 48 hours, they picked it up out of another interview Don Scott did, where he basically said that Hawthorne were paying players under the table for many years. That's why they were able to retain so many good players through a stretch where they won premierships. A bit of a history on Tom. He was whacked several times when he's written columns for, for us over the years. He's been with us, what, two and a bit years? Yeah. And he was belted around the years a couple of times by you know, certain sets of supporters when he, he reported on something they didn't like. Uh, I think there was a West Coast article he wrote around, the, I think it was their 2005 yes. flag, or 2006, I can't remember what it was, where he was talking about the drug culture People at the club. so butthurt. Well, we, we actually lost a lot of members slash patrons 
over that. And that was fine because we wanted to support Tom. He was actually, you know, he's actually a really good researcher and will make a fantastic journalist one day. Yeah, he took a lot of editing at the start, let's be honest. <laughs> but yeah, he came yes, along so and <laughs> I still take a lot of editing. <laughs> Got to read your own stuff there, Brett. But yeah, he he went, went away and researched this sort of stuff. He listened to interviews. He read up on it. And he wrote the article. 18 months later, it comes out and someone else writes an article. All of a sudden, it's big news. I was really gratified to see a few people post on different sites saying, actually, this was written 18 months ago on the Mongrel Pump by Tom Basso. And I'm like, hell yeah, give him credit because he did the research for that and he did the legwork. So pretty proud to have Tom as part of the team. And are you tearing up a little bit, Mrs. Mongrel? Oh, look, I'm, I'm very protective, even though they don't know it. <laughs> I get quite angry at the people who get angry at our writers. <laughs> Yeah, well, some people get angry pretty easy. Uh, and yeah, Tom might have given him a bit of ammunition at points. I can't but, believe how cool and calm he was about he it. He just water shook the it off. back. Yep. I would have been in the corner crying and... Uh, well, that's where you found me. Burning down the house, but... No, don't do that. Uh, I only got one. It's true. It'll do. <laughs> so one of the other things that came out of the weekend was this complete kerfuffle around the holding the ball decisions. No one knows what's being paid at the moment. No one has any idea what the umpire is going to do next. Two weeks ago, they decided to really crack down on it. The Hawthorne coach came out and pointed out that Hawthorne had laid 60-something tackles and got one, got no free kicks or one free kick for holding the ball. Kind of questioning the value. Why would you bother tackling? So the next week, out comes the umpires. Obviously being directed, this is not a shot at umpires by any stretch. And every time there was a tackle, there was a holding the ball decision paid. You had guys with no prior opportunity being pinged for holding the ball. If you weren't making a genuine effort, you're being pinged for holding the ball. Truthfully, I didn't mind it, but two weeks have passed and they've substantially relaxed the rule now to the point where players would be absolutely confused as to what's going on. Players are running in there trying to take a tackle on now. So when I I say that, it means they're trying to break through the tackle. They're getting caught holding the ball and the umpire's coming and saying, oh, I'll have it, I'll bounce it, instead of penalising the player taking on the tackler. It's a really delicate balance. You had, and I don't mean to point out a West Coast player to get stuck into him, but Elliot Yo tried to fight through a tackle on the weekend, was caught red-handed with the football, had prior opportunity, lost the ball, and the umpire, I think he could either called play on or ball up. And I'm like... If a guy drops the ball, pay it against him. You know, it's not under 12's fucking football where you need to give everyone an equal opportunity to have a touch of the footy. If they're doing the wrong thing and they get caught, penalise them. Look at how mad you are. Well, you know, I used to like tackling blokes. <laughs> <laughs> some say you still do. Well, you know, <laughs> some, we spoke about some rather attractive ones <laughs> earlier on. So I ended up watching the the Fremantle and Geelong game last night too. And in wet conditions, blokes that were trying to run through a tackle, and if you lose the ball, in if you get tackled in that, those conditions, you're in big trouble because there's no way you're going to be able to control the ball down to your foot. The amount of times incorrect disposal was allowed to continue on was ridiculous. You had players creating these rolling malls of slippery, sliding, bloody football because someone would pick it up, take two steps, get tackled, drop the ball, and the umpire would just let it go on and on and on. Now, they're obviously under instructions. I don't know who it is that's instructing them these days, 
but they probably want to rectify this pretty quickly because it's always been about, oh, let's keep the game flowing, let's keep the game moving. But a kick under no pressure keeps the game moving a hell of a lot more than four or five quick handballs to the legs of, of the opponents because or, or dropping the ball because it just stays in the same area. So I'm really hopeful that the umpire's boss, whoever that may be, looks at the game footage on the weekend and thinks, oh God, we've gone back the other way too far now. People argue they went too far in the first place, paying too many holding the balls. <laughs> and this week they've gone the other way and they're not paying enough. So very frustrating to watch. Someone posted, I think, on Matt Passmore's Fremantle and Geelong review, hey, remember when football was actually good to watch? And I'm like, that. yeah, it, it was a horrible game. And you can put a lot down to the conditions, but for Fremantle to have one goal with a couple of minutes left in the last quarter, something's very, very wrong there. Mm. Mrs. Mungrel, I've talked for long enough. We have your regular segment ready to roll, I believe, which is, uh, I don't know what we're calling this, Mrs. Mungrel's all-star team, is it? Where you choose the players that you want in the positions you want. You're not naming positions just yet. Oh, I don't know any positions. Sorry. That's probably why you're not naming them, I reckon. <laughs> so if you want to give us a bit of a recap from last week. Last week, we'll... it was the Hughes, McLuggage and Greenwood. It's not McGreenwood, is it? No, I, I know. I wrote it down this time so that I wouldn't mix it up. But I also found out there are two more Hughes, and I don't know what their last names are, but they could be subs. Goddard? There's one subs? called Goddard? Interchange. There you go. Subs. What is it with the Hughes? I'm not really sure. It sounds like a stately name, but also a really, uh, well, not, not too known, tough. I've only ever known one Hugh, and he was just, he was an idiot. Like, complete and utter idiot. Can we have an uh, example of this behaviour? And also his surname. Anyway, and also, I included an extra person. Oh, this week? No, last, last week. Oh, right. I added uh, some hot stuff for the young people. Bailey Smith. Ah. Uh. Yeah. So you're down on him for his hairdo, but you don't mind uh, having him in your team because he's a bit of fluff for the for the youngsters. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> solidarity. Yeah. Young ladies, I'll uh, she throw does, your bone there. She does accept bribes. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, it's true. Um, so this week's edition, Colin Farrell. What? Colin Farrell. Kane Farrell? Kane Farrell. Thank you. Kane Farrell. <laughs> Shit. Sure, it's not Will Ferrell. <laughs> look. And his stepbrother. Look. I never said this would be a good all-star team. Kane Farrell. Kane Farrell. Okay. Yeah, what does he do? He plays on the wing usually. He's got a beautiful big long kick on him. I said <laughs> kick. Not what I heard. No wonder he's in the team. Welcome, Mr. Farrell. Yes, a bit of fluff for the youngsters as well. Some of the older ladies enjoying Depends his work as well. <laughs> and I've also included my my favourite, Caleb Daniel. Caleb Daniel. I have what? a soft spot for him. Hello. He's... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he's 168 centimetres tall, so he's only a little bit taller than me. Oh, he's very small then, isn't he? I am quite small. You are? How, how tall are you? 181. 181. Yeah. Just a little bit taller than you. 
disgraceful. Just a little bit taller than Caleb Daniel, I have to say as well. Well, yes, he's in there as well because I also I like his helmet. You also like they're sponsored by Mission Tacos. Oh, bloody love Mission Tacos. I really do. I love food. Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember when it. you first saw that the Western Bulldogs had a Mission logo <laughs> on their top. You're like, oh my God, I might barrack for this team. I'm like, no, you won't. <laughs> You're a Hawks girl through and through in this house. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's so, it. next I week. Think this is a great team. Ne- well, it's got, it's got it's shaping as a team. I have to say that. <laughs> next week, when you add your next two players in, yep. we're going to have to start putting them in positions. Right. Now, you tend to believe that positions on a football field relate to like cuts of meat. So, you've heard flank yes. a couple of times. <laughs> I believe you're going to put someone in on the rump. Wing? On wing? the wing. Oh, it's See? It's, there you go. This is all about food. Buffalo wings. Yes. Yes, well, they're big wings. If you play on the MCG, <laughs> it's, it's very round. You get a lot, <laughs> of, a lot of room to move there. So we're going to move into the top players of the week for the weekend just past. Well, I'm not going to predict the future because if I was able to pick the top players for next week... We'd be so rich. Well, I'd be at least pretty popular with those players. Or people who want to bet on those players, Me. perhaps. You never laid a bet in your whole life, have you? Well, I would if 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 you knew if you knew the future. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be pretty quick about yeah, it too. I'd be out laying pretty quick. My man Toby Green, your man Toby Green, who took his mum to the Brownlow. You yeah, love that. He's great, isn't he great? Well, he was great then, and he was great on what night was it? The Friday night. Yes, Friday night. They played the Tigers. The Tigers gave him an absolute touch-up last year in the grand final. A ridiculous belting. This game, Toby Green was the difference. So he kicked five goals, including the goal to seal it at the end. I'm wondering what Nathan Broad was thinking about leaving him to try and contest the mark. And Toby Green just sat off to the side. The ball came off, kicked the goal, said thank you very much. You could see Nathan Broad, his hands went up to his head immediately like, what the hell did I just do? So... He took contested marks in that game when no one else was. So usually you get a really big guy, you know, presenting, not in like a way, <laughs> the way a panda bear presents to the other panda bear. It's too late. You know the imagery I get. It's yeah, terrible. It's immediate, and isn't amazing. it? And amazing. Yep. So sometimes you need a guy to kind of run up at the football when it's coming out of the back line and take a mark to relieve the pressure because Richmond are fantastic at boxing it in. And usually you rely on a big guy to do that or to be your target. And none of the big guys were doing anything. So the, the big guys for both teams, Revolt, Lynch, Cameron, Finn Lason was okay, I suppose, and, and Himmelberg, they were all pretty ordinary on the night. And then here comes Toby Green, jumping up and taking contested marks. We had no right to do that sort of stuff. I have no idea how he was able to do that in those conditions. He just looked a cut above everybody else out there. There was no antagonism about him. Just a bloke at the peak of his powers. So he wasn't going around, you know, pushing people. Wasn't kicking anyone in the guts. He wasn't eye-gouging anybody. He was just playing good, hard football. He's got that sort of edge about him. And I'm just hoping his body holds up. Because he tends to be a little bit in and out of the side over the course of the year. As long as he gets all right towards the end of the year, I don't think there's a better player in the competition on their day. Big statement. Dean Rampey. Dean Rampey. He was really, really good against Hawthorne. Kind of upset me a little bit. Well, the guy, he's gone in for surgery, apparently, or he's going in for surgery. I'm not sure. So he obviously had significant damage incurred to his hand during the game. So he was basically beating Hawthorne 
with one hand. So he was the dominant player on the ground. If there's one team you could beat with one hand tied behind your back right now, it would be Hawthorne. We're shit. (laughs) We really are. And people were screaming for a guy named Mitch Lewis to come into the side. So we have this player named Tim O'Brien. He's an almost player. He jumps and he almost takes a mark and he almost does a lot of good things. Then he doesn't. So he got (laughs) hurt and out he went. Mitch Lewis got his chance and he came in. Conditions weren't great. Kicking to him wasn't great. He ended up with one disposal for the night. It was late afternoon, actually, not the night. And Dane Rampey just did as he wanted. He reads the play so well, and you trust him when he's got the footy in his hands. He kicks beautifully. A lot of people remember him from last year when he climbed the goalpost. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Did he get in trouble? Well, that should have been a 50-metre penalty or, or something against him, and it should have iced the game. What did he do that for? That was a brain fade. But overall, like that, that's the that's the lasting image people have of him. But what he is, he's a solid defender. You'd, well, he'd be on the cusp of pushing for all Australian. He'd probably make the squad of forty if they named it now. I'm not sure he'd make the last twenty-two. There's a couple of really good key defenders in there, but a couple more games like he just had, and he'll be pushing for it definitely. The next one you'll be happy about, little man Caleb Daniel. He was just absolutely beautiful against the Suns. He was fantastic user of the footy. There's a bloke who used to play called Sam Mitchell. And what he used to do was he'd hold the ball... When someone was coming to try and smother his kicks, he'd just hold the ball out a little bit wider and kind of kick around the corner to avoid them as they jumped across his boot to try and... To avoid them smothering it. I know the terminology. I'm a football expert. I think we need to pause this podcast so I can pick my jaw up off the floor. (laughs) That was pretty impressive. Thank you. So he can he shapes kicks around the body in order to avoid them being smothered. Smothered. What this is I feel like a proud husband. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. Well it doesn't happen often, guys. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Disgraceful. Yeah. So they called him the architect during the commentary and I thought it was a good term for him. And I thought he's more like the maestro at the moment. He's down there, he's controlling the tempo. When he wants things to go a little bit quicker, he kind of gives him a bit of a hurry up. He's really playing a general kind of role down there. 25 touches at 84%. And I reckon he could have been the difference between the Bulldogs and Gold Coast. Next bloke, Doogie Howard. MD. Yeah, you love this, don't you? Yep. So he has a bit of history with Port Adelaide, right? He was one of their key defenders at Port Adelaide. And Ken Hinckley, the coach of Port, wanted to try him as a forward. Dougal Howard doesn't feel that he's a forward. He doesn't want to play that position. Let them know. Ken Hinckley basically said to him, look, if you're not going to play forward, you should perhaps explore your options elsewhere. That's a bit of a kick in the ass to anybody, especially a guy who's very early 20s. I think he has two of the top four games ever recorded for 1%ers, which is basically spoils, right? So jumping up and punching the ball away. He has two of the top four games since that stat has been recorded. So you play him, you've got a guy here who obviously knows his craft. Ken Hinckley sent him away, said, no, nah, we'll trade him away. He was sent to St Kilda, and this week he played against Port Adelaide's best forward and beat him. Uh, so Charlie Dixon had one goal for the, for the night, and Harris, and Harris Andrews, I was going to say. And Dougal Howard had 11 spoils for the night. So he was 
absolutely fantastic. He would have been so relieved. It's a massive win for the for that bloke. He's starting to make the back six at St Kilda his own. You can tell he's starting to starting to dictate terms down there. He's starting to point to position, tell people where to go. And at some point, I just mentioned Harris Andrews by accident, and because I was reading my notes and I saw his name there. Damn it! I should stop doing that. But at one point, he was being compared to Harris Andrews. It was like Harris Andrews and Dougal Howard, the two best young defenders in the league. Now, Harris Andrews was left as a defender. He's really come on, became the All-Australian fullback last year. Dougal Howard got traded and almost has to rebuild that aspect of his career. Really good start. Tim Kelly had his best game for West Coast. Looked like a million bucks out there, which is probably about what they're paying him. So that's good. Because so, he was struggling in Victoria, wasn't he? Uh, I think it was his it was family stuff. So he's got, I think he's got a whole swag of young kids. I don't want to put a number on it. I don't know how much it is, two, three. But I think uh, his missus was struggling in Geelong. Didn't have family there. Fair. Uh, felt a bit isolated. And, you know, he wanted to go home. So he tried the year before last to go home. And because he had time on his contract still... Geelong didn't get the offer they wanted, and they said, no, you've got to stay. So he did. He had a ripping year, and he's gone back to West Coast. And to be honest, he started pretty slowly back there. He didn't have a great start to the season. You know, passable and serviceable, yeah, he was pretty good. But he wasn't playing the same sort of football he did in Geelong. This week would have been as close to his Geelong form as we've seen. The thing is, I don't actually think he needs to play the way he did it, did at Geelong. At Geelong, he was forced to carry a midfield, him and Dangerfield. You had Joel Selwood there, who was hurt. You had Mitch Duncan there, who was probably you know third rung at that point. And he was forced to carry a huge load. At West Coast, they have a really good spread of midfielders. He doesn't have to be the dominant player there. Yet this week, he had 30 touches, 90% he went at. So 27 of them hit targets. He just looked electrifying out there he was absolutely marvelous and uh if he continues playing like that west coast all of a sudden are starting to look like a bit of a premiership threat again i think that's three four wins in a row i'm not really sure look i should probably do a bit of research i think it's four and they actually beat someone of merit this time as well so we're gonna have a bit of a look before we uh saunter off into the distance because i planning on doing a fair bit of sauntering this afternoon. I'm like, okay, bye. Yeah, I'll just saunter bed. around the kitchen, look out our tiny window at the main road the that main we live road. on. Yeah, it's a really shitty Lovely. view. Yeah, picturesque. Anyway, we want to have a look at a couple of off-season targets this year and who would uh, be interested in them. But before that, as I always do, I ask myself a question when presented with a problem. I'm like, what would Mrs. Mungrel do in this circumstance? <laughs> yes, you know, I'm walking down the shop. I see 10 bucks on the ground. I saw who dropped it. I'm like, what would Mrs. Mungrel do in this circumstance? So after I pocket the $10 <laughs> and go to the shops, I don't think about it again after that. So in this case, I thought I'd throw it to you. I'm saying, okay, Mrs. Mungrel, much like my pay packet, I'm handing this over to you. Yep, good. How it should be. If you could take any four players in the league right now, to build a team around, who would you take? I would start off with Max Gorn, because I can't remember what he did, but he pointed at something, and he looked like the kind of guy who 
if if you're walking down the street and some weird dude starts harassing you, Max Gorn would come over and go, hey, mate, that's enough. And that'd be the end of it. The guy'd go away. You can continue shopping in peace. He looks like that kind of guy. Can I just ask you, yeah. you sure he doesn't look like the sort of weird guy that would come over and harass you? No, 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 no. No, just you know of, the look of those hey. guys. They're not, nah, no. Nah. So Max Gorn, he's your enforcer then. Yep. All right. Who else you got? What's his name? Um, Patrick Neal, Lockie Neal. Lockie, Lockie, Lockie or Patrick? Lockie is a good. Lockie Neal's a good one. Yes. Right. I'm gonna have Lockie Neal. Why? I don't know what he does, but he comes up in the stats a lot when I compile them. He does actually. When we put, compile our, what is it? We compile our power our, rankings, our power rankings yeah. every week. Often you're going to find Lockie Neal at the top. And when you do the coaches' votes and stuff, there always he is. Always gets a 10. Don't know what that means, but he always gets a 10. I think it's for his diving. He's pretty much doing a great job, is what I'm reading out of the stats, so I'll take him. All right. Well, some people are driven by what they see. You're driven by stats. I understand that. Yep. Okay. Numbers person. Next. Oh, Toby Green. Toby Green. What gets... a nice fellow. Well, we'll he's, him in. he's actually making the transition right now. From infamy to fame, you can almost see it happening. Like he was just this angry, you know, maligned character, and all of a sudden now people are like, "Hey, Toby now Green. he's a sweetie pie." I love well, it. Well, it started turning at the start of the year. He played in that bushfire relief game, and took the game over in the last quarter. Now Dustin Dustin Martin won the medal for best on ground in that one, but there was a big argument that Toby Green was the catalyst for the game changing and. I thought he was fantastic. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. You That's like him because... Right. I do. Oh, he took his mum to the Brownlow. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big, big tick with you, and isn't also, it? also, he was on the sidelines once and got so passionately excited whenever anyone on his team did anything slightly good. Do you know where it that was? was? so adorable. Because the week before, he got suspended for gouging somebody in the eye. So had they lost, a lot of people would have leveled blame on that loss to him because he wasn't out there. So, Pish posh, I get eye gouged every second day by our kid. Yeah, well, it's done with love. Harden up your eyeballs, people. Yeah, work on them. Blink more. <laughs> you have and one more? last would be Christian Petrarca. Well, now, he's why, really shot up the ranks. I, why would I choose him? Oh, you need some solid pillars to build around, and his legs are about as solid pillars as you're going to find. Choosing him for his thighs. Probably a bit hairier than most pillars, but... <laughs> Well, he looks like a hairy fella. He's got that dark hair, dark eyes, big thighs. You don't really find a lot of guys who are smooth. Basically you. He's got bigger thighs than me. His, his thighs are like my torso. And I'm not a thin man these days. So, I, I don't know. He must get some terrible chafing. Oh. Yeah, he, might have, he must have to run like he just got off a horse, I reckon. Oh, they have those little little shorts underneath their shorts, right? I don't know if he wears them. The bike shorts. Yeah. Compression shorts. Yeah, well, there's four. You'd four. build around those four. So you picked two Melbourne players, a GWS player, and a Brisbane player. Who's the Brisbane player? Lockie Neal. Oh, there you go. Although I think when we were discussing this before, you called him Lockie Whitfield. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we came in, you called him Patrick Neal. So when people uh, give us a bit of a heads up about being well-researched, Mrs. Mungrel, that's I where it's at. I don't even read our podcast notes. Sorry, <clears throat> sorry. You write them, which is really scary. Oh, no, I mean the, the notes that you do. For oh, jeez, yeah, I, do I thought you meant notes. the bit that goes out with the episode. I'm like, no. oh, what are you doing just mashing the keyboard? <laughs> like a monkey. So anyway, we thought we'd have a look at 
other players, um, just to finish up, who are coming out of contract or aren't playing well or are not getting a game. And we're going to look at whether these guys would be worthy of being picked up and what they'd cost. So Gold Coast Suns fans, don't be upset here. This is not a bad thing that I'm going to name a few of your players. You've actually created a team here where you've got really high-quality players who aren't even getting a game at the moment. So it's actually a good thing. So you can actually get parts to parts to add to your team now or stockpile draft picks, whatever you want to do, and offload the players who aren't playing anyway because there'd be a definite market for these guys. Braden Fiorini, I believe his contract is at the end of this year. He's 22 years old. Last year he played 21 games, was 25 touches a game, which is, I think, the best on the Suns. This year he's played three games and is averaging 16 touches a game. Now, he's obviously not a free agent or anything. You're going to have to trade to get him. But I reckon there'd be a whole heap of clubs looking at him thinking, wow, what's going on there? I, I don't know how a guy can have that sort of fall from grace. He's got another guy there called Will Brody, who looked fantastic in the preseason. His contract is at the end of 2022. He's 21 years old. He's a hard and tough midfielder, but he's not getting a chance up there. They've got so much talent in the middle that you know, they've got they've recruited Greenwood as well up there, who is probably playing the role that Will Brody would have eventually filled. So he's sitting on the sidelines, probably gettable. He's 21 years old. Then you've got two meter Peter, the big fella Peter Wright. He was he was playing as their key forward for the most of last year, the majority of last year. They've had Ben King really come along. Sam Day returned to the team. They're looking a lot better without him in the side. He's 23 years old. He's contract until the end of 2022. But there's teams at the moment, and I'm not just thinking Melbourne, there's teams, Adelaide in particular, uh, probably not Fremantle, they've got more tall forwards than they know what to do with. But someone could use him. He, as a great, as a second forward, he could be really, really valuable. And he's just not going to get a run at Gold Coast by the look of it. Maybe it's his second effort, so I'm not really sure, but he's not, just not getting a run. Ben Brown from North Melbourne, out of contract, out of form. He's 27 years old. Prior to this season, he's the only player in the league that had 60-plus goals for three consecutive seasons in a row. So I'm like, oh, something's definitely wrong there. I'm wondering if it's because he's a vegan and he's got no strength. Well, he's also, I found that the other day, he's also, is it celiac? Celiac. Yeah. Oh, so, that's hard. So his diet would be what? Mm, be very limited. Be very limited. And it'd have to be pretty strict too. And I was looking at a couple of photos. I looked at his body shape from two years ago. And he had plenty of bulk on him. It was quite a strong looking dude, right? Not overly muscly by any stretch. Not overly bulky. But just a, a fair bit of meat on his bones. And I looked at a picture of him from this weekend just gone by. And I, look, people can look it up themselves and I'll show you what I mean. But he just looks, he looks like a guy who's weary. He's had a kid, hasn't he? Yeah, that'll do it. Shit. Because, <laughs> I swear to God, my body is just slowly breaking down. I don't think he gave birth. In order to get away <laughs> from being fatigued. I don't think he gave birth to the child. I don't think it matters. Well, I think, I, I prefer you did that. <laughs> He's going to be absolutely knackered. Mm. Anyway. So, 
I'm wondering what you'd give up to get him now. He looks like he's... When I say he's on rails, it basically means that he can only go this way and there's no deviation. So when he runs, he runs in a straight line. He's got no leap at the ball. So all you've got to do really is stick close to him and he's rendered pretty much done. A couple of other players. Ollie Wines at Port Adelaide. So he was... There was rumours going around he wanted out at the end of last year, despite the fact he was still their captain. He's contracted until the end of 2022. He's 25 years old, should be coming into his prime right now. There would be a heap of takers for him. He's an inside midfielder, very strong. The only bloke whose quads rival Christian Petrarca's. Quadzilla. Quadzilla. Jordan Dugowie. This is what I do. I just look up pictures of AFL players' legs. (laughs) Yeah, when you're just like, a, like on the walls, just all these cropped pictures of thighs. <laughs> like a weirdie. Yeah, like a weirdie. Anyway, Jordan Dugowie and Darcy Moore, both out of contract end of this year. They're both 24. Dugowie might possibly be out for the rest of the year. Injured a finger as he kicked five goals last week. Darcy Moore, I think this week just gone was probably the first time he's been beaten for the year and geez either of those guys if if they're not re-signing at Collingwood there would be a long line to to pluck those guys out Joe Danaher he's 26 years old barely played in the last two and a half years was almost signed sealed and delivered to Sydney last year I'm not sure they're gonna be wanting to pay for a guy who can't get on the park for almost three years unless they have complete and other faith in their medical team and think that Essendon have a really crap medical team this is the guy with the mustache. Yeah, looks like the the nineteen forties fighter pilot. Yeah, yeah. So he he can't get on the park. Tom Papley almost went to Carlton last year. Uh, they offered pick nine for him, and Sydney balked at it. He's on a long term contract. I think he's got four years left. So the ball's in Sydney's court here. He if he still wants to leave, the price for him has gone up this year. He's the leader in the Coleman Medal race. He's not doing Carlton any favors by playing so well other than the fact he's dangling this huge carrot and saying, this is what I can do for you. So at the moment, you'd think he's probably worth two first-round picks, and I'm not sure Carlton want to give that up. I'm not sure they'll actually have that sort of those sort of picks to deal with. One I want to touch on is a guy at Melbourne named Angus Brayshaw. Two years ago, he was third in the Brownlow, which is what it is. He's 24 years old. He had 26 touches per game two years ago. This year, he's averaging 14.5. Can barely get a touch. Looks completely listless. Is seemingly out of the play more often than he's in it. And I'm like, wow, while he's still got currency, he's not the greatest kick of the ball. I have to say that, right? So Melbourne have got Clayton Oliver, Jack Viney, and Angus Brayshaw in the middle. Now, of them, Viney is probably the best kick of the football, and he's not great either. And I'm wondering, do they try and offload one of them? You wouldn't offload Viney. He's, he's just been your captain. Clayton Oliver's 22. You don't offload him either. He can get his hands on the ball. He, he could go in there blindfolded and find the footy. And then you have Angus Brayshaw, and I'm like, if Melbourne de- you know, definitely want to get better, they can secure either a, a decent draft pick or a young, possibly Victorian player from Fremantle. 
and he, they can send him across to play with his brother. The benefit of this is twofold, in that they get a, a guy who's obviously capable of playing really good footy, but he comes across from Victoria to play in West Australia with his brother who's already there. The younger brother, Andrew Brayshaw, just had his one of his best games to date yesterday. And to have them both there, you're probably more likely to retain the younger brother if the older brother comes over there. You've got the whole family in Western like Australia. Do they each other? That's a good question. Yeah. Young Brayshaw, the one who's already at Freeman, was the one that got punched by Andrew Gaff. Oh, yeah. Was it two years ago now? He's really come on. He's looking great. Fremantle should be trying to move heaven and earth to make sure he re-signs with them. And I think trading for his brother would be in the best interest of retaining the younger brother. Imagine if it's one of those things where the little brother's just like, oh my God. What'd you invite him for? Forget it, I'm out. <laughs> so Matt Passmore, one of our writers, is a Fremantle fan. And he, he sent me a message because we were discussing this. And he sent me a message that basically said, oh, look, Freeman will probably cock this up. And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, we'll probably end up swapping them. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty Fremantle thing to do. Oh, I think we're starting to uh, run a little bit over, but there's a couple of guys that I want to touch on first. Sam Powell Pepper is out of contract. And he he strikes me as the sort of bloke that could be anything if he really wanted to be. He has moments in a game where he throws himself at the footy like an uncontrollable maniac. And that's when he's at his best. Then he goes missing for two quarters. So if you're looking for a hard inside midfielder, you'd be looking at him. Our mate Bailey Smith. Yet to re-sign with the Bulldogs. So most first-rounders end up signing extensions whilst they're in the midst of their deals. So Bailey Smith was taken, I think, sixth perhaps, yeah, around about sixth. You had guys like Sam Walsh, taken that year, signed an extension to stay at Carlton. Guys like Connor Rosie, signed an extension to stay at Port Adelaide. Bailey Smith hasn't signed any extensions or anything yet. I don't think he would leave, but it's a very interesting scenario. You'd want to look after him because he's a star, and apparently he's a good-looking young man. Apparently? Yeah, well, apparently. I don't see it. According to a young lady, yes. Yes. Uh, Zach Williams at GWS. Bit of a forgotten man at the moment because he's out. But gee, there'd be a few takers for a running halfback midfielder with the talent he has. Jackson Haightley, another one. Perryman is out of contract at GWS as well. And if you want to see what he's capable of, you watch the first four rounds of this year where he was leading the Coleman medal. So, you know, playing on the wing, he was leading the Coleman medal. So he's, he's looking like a million bucks there. Mason Cox, very interesting. I think I watched the Collingwood forward line and they had a guy called Darcy Cameron in there playing the role that Cox usually does. Did pretty well, can also kick 55 metres. Mason Cox struggles to kick 40. And I'm like, wow, so if you can push him out beyond the 50 metre line, he's not going to have a shot for goal. If you push him to 40, he's barely going to make the distance. This other guy gives them a bit of flexibility. Adam Saad at Essendon, really exciting player. And you'd want to be wrapping him up pretty quick if you're Essendon. He's one of the keys to their back line. Uh, I'm not sure which teams would want him. I'm guessing most of them. You know, I'd love to have him at Hawthorne. Running off the halfback flank would be exactly the panacea for, for our team. You'd love to have anyone at Hawthorne. Well, yeah, we'll probably, we might lose Isaac Smith after this year. He's an unrestricted free agent. 
so you can sign anywhere without really worrying. You don't have to trade with Hawthorne or anything to get him. So yeah, there's a few more. I won't touch on them yet because we're kind of running out of time. And I want to touch on 20 days of idiocy coming up. So we bought a calendar at the start of the year because you thought it was a good idea to have a calendar and write everything we're going to do on there. I kind of did that for the first month and then I haven't written anything on there (laughs) since. However, over the last week or so, once or week and a half, once all the information came to light about the next 20 days, it's actually come in really handy. It has. We've put on there when we're going to podcast, when we're going to do our stats, when we're going to write articles, which games we're going to be reviewing, which games I'm going to be you know, getting some of the other writers, hopefully, to <laughs> to write about. Big thanks to those guys, by the way. Geez, it's going to pull us out of the fire in the next 20 days. I put in for leave from work on a couple of days. So, yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll be attempting to cover every game that happens over the next 20 days our team of writers has been absolutely fantastic not attempting we'll be covering <laughs> listen to her cracking the whip whack take that hb myers smack <laughs> you get out there and cover that game trade off your damn sleep again will you <laughs> so yeah we'll be we'll be trying our best i hope we don't fall in a heap uh be a really good time to become a member because you're going to be getting all of our good bad ugly reviews that are usually in the evenings going up early and often so help a poor old mongrel out we might leave it there this week our daughter's been fantastic she hasn't yelled once while we've been uh recording this and given she doesn't sleep that well this is actually pretty spectacular it is took us a solid yeah we'll be back in you know a certain amount of days after this round finishes to recap and talk some more junk with you guys take care Thank you.